It's off and show final hour here on the team 980 always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Anthony, I do feel like the temperature did just drop, by the way. Definitely did, didn't it? Yeah, Ant's gonna go and uh I'm gonna give him the Trey Young. The Trey Young, uh, you know, ice it ice it off, uh, shiver hint signal here. He's gonna go adjust the thermostat. I know I, I'm not gonna like this is not Anthony's fault. Um, because definitely earlier in the show, I saw you go and adjust it. I know that was a thing that you had already played with. So whatever settings is happening, uh, we really got hosed there. Yeah, I found myself adjusting that uh, the temperature like three times a show. So when I first walk in, yeah, and then I don't know, sometime during like the first hour, still I readjust it, and then around this time I adjust it again. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's not great. Nah. It's a uh, big time, big time cold. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, caught up is what where Usher started last night. Uh-huh. We were taking bets on Ooh. what would be the opening song. And my guy, G, one of my friends that was over, he said caught up. And I went, that's the correct answer. I had already put in my bet on, uh, I think I said daddy's home. Um, Which is a good, that's that a good suggestion right there. Yeah, and then he said caught up, and then I was like, that's the correct one. That's 100% what it's going to be. And then Yale closed with, yeah. And that's exactly what they did. I told Zaire caught up was going to be uh, the song as well. Did you talk to Z? How how was it at, at the Dude, stadium? He's seen and met some cool people. We got to get him on for a recap. But he met some cool people. The the Walter Payne Man of the Year um Celebration was cool as well. People were making fun did, of him. Did he say anything if uh, if Terry came up and said what's up to him? He talked to Terry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I can... He definitely talked to Terry. <laughs> well, I told Terry to go say what's up. Oh, yeah, they talked. Um, they talked about how Terry is from Indianapolis. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> Zaire respects him as a player. So Okay. Yeah. I feel like there's more to that conversation. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll debrief on that off here. But, no, I saw Terry up there um, – he was doing the bounty paper towel thing. Oh. Um, so he was on Radio Row, but not doing any interviews. It's just like where he had to do like his thing to get his money from bounty or whatever. Yeah. Um, but he said he had a really good time. But I, ta- I caught him because I was like before my show. And we caught up for like, you know, two minutes because he was on his way out to go do the thing. And I had seen Zaire earlier in the day. We unfortunately couldn't make it work. Z yeah. had scheduled some interviews. And by the time that we could tape, like he was going to have to head out. So we'll get Z back on the show soon. Um, I will say DA had Zaire, and he said he's like best, like one of the best interviews he had all week. It was Zaire and Troy Palomalu. Whoa, were his two favorites that he had all week. He said like Zaire, he he came up to me. He's like Zaire Franklin is an amazing interview. I'm like I know, yeah. yeah. Um, so he two two more cute guys having having a blast. Yes. Um, but I saw Terry, and I was like, I was like, do you know Zaire Franklin at all? And he's like, no, I don't. Like I know who he is, but like I don't know him. I was like, you should definitely say what's up. He's great people. Um, he's like my producer's best friend and like, you know, indie guy. And, uh, so I don't know whether that's why Terry, like who initiated the conversation, but I might've been the, the impetus there. You might've been, I just know they had a good old conversation, but, um, now he definitely enjoyed all of the, uh, just being there, you know, um, being amongst his greats, talented, uh, people. It was a whole bunch of hall of famers out there. You got to chop it up with Dwight Freeney, you know, uh, Q's legend. Cuse legend, um, indie legend, bunch of uh, Hall exactly. of Fame inductee. Man, there were too many people out there. Yeah, it's it's a crazy experience. I'm, yeah, I'm, I just can't imagine. It sucks because 
the Super Bowl next year is in New Orleans, and then it's in, a, I think, L.A., then Phoenix or Phoenix, L.A. So we, we don't have another East Coast Super Bowl for a long time, which is very annoying because that makes yeah. it very hard to go to the game, um, which I've never been to the game. I've now been to three Super Bowl radio rows, but this was the first one that I have been to where, like, I actually have a show for myself. Yeah. Um, and I just can't imagine not going back. Dang. There's just too many people out there. And I would do almost like I would. I have a couple things that I would do a little bit differently to get out ahead of some stuff in a more time efficient manner than I did this year. But I definitely think I will do pretty much the same thing next year. It was awesome. We're gonna get you down there next year. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm eager. I'm sorry. I'm already starting to look at Airbnbs in New Orleans. Ooh. Yeah, New Orleans. I'm very familiar with New Orleans because my girlfriend used to live down there. So yeah. I mean, the, the the key for us this year was we had a place to stay, which made uh-huh. things much more cost efficient. I don't know anybody in New Orleans, so I gotta figure that out. But anybody wants to, anybody that has a New Orleans connection, so wants to volunteer a home, or just anyone that's listening that has a company that <laughs> wants to, because this is really how we should do it. Yeah, let's get let's get it sponsored. You can be the exclusive sponsor of our show, Super Week 2025, Super Bowl 59. You sponsor, you pay for our travel, and that, and that, then you get to to own the show for the week. Not really, but like you get your name on it. Yeah, which will be dope. So, uh, you know, if you're interested, go to HoffmanShow.com. There's a contact us link, and we'll connect you with the the salespeople, and y'all can get that straight away. We'll get it working on it now. Uh, I would say the same offer is on the table for uh, anyone that wants to pay for uh, some of our Indianapolis coverage because we are going to Radio Row, which is a very different Radio Row, um, but is really great. Um, Indianapolis, obviously, the NFL Combine in a couple of weeks because you don't have the random celebrities walking around. It's not the show that the Super Bowl is. But, like, for NFL media, everyone's there. There's more media at the Combine than there is the Super Bowl. Because, unlike, like, there's a lot of, like, if you're a major newspaper, you send your reporters. Like, Nikki was out there because she obviously covers the NFL for the Post on top of just the Commanders. Tons of papers, like, especially now that all these companies, like, own each other. It's like, oh, well, let's steal the reporter from Buffalo to help cover because the paper that you know Gannett or whatever it is owns multiple of these things and so there's there's so much media out there obviously but like every team pretty much sends their people to Indianapolis because also every coach and executive is there in a way that they're not at the Super Bowl and thus there's actual media availabilities so um that's a that's a fun thing like I'm certainly hoping that we get a chance to talk to some of the commanders folks that that make their way out to um, to Indy. So that'll be up, coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, all right, Anthony, you have many takes. I want to dive into the meatiest ones coming up uh, next when we have more time. Now that we've spent a uh, ten minutes recapping uh, last week, uh, but you have do you have something of your takes from the game that was that's quick that we can tackle. Uh quick. I would probably say. Just knowing the overtime rules, I, I think that was inexcusable of um, some of the veteran players on the 49ers. You got Kyle Juszczyk, you got Eric Armstead, 
coming out talking to the media. First of all, I don't think they should have been telling the media that you guys didn't know or hadn't planned for this all week long. I think you should have kept that one to yourself. But the fact that you did bring it out and uh, bring it to the light, I think that's more on Kyle Shanahan to uh, Shanahan to an extent. I see. I struggle with this. Okay. Because Kyle was prepared, right? Even if you disagree with the decision, which we talked about earlier in the show, the analytics say it's about a 50-50 proposition. Uh, I understand the arguments on all sides of it. I think you have to do what you think is best. I would do the opposite thing that Kyle Shanahan did, but I understand the idea of getting the ball third, which is if it's if you get a stop, they get a stop. You get a field goal, they get a field goal. Um, because touchdowns, you like someone's going for two. So, but if, if you have that very plausible scenario where it's 0 0 or 3 3 after the first two possessions, then you have the first shot to end it, even with a field goal and sudden death. I understand that logic. And especially if your defense is gassed, which the Niners might have been, that might have been the right play. The players not knowing, I think, I think you have to, let me put it this way. I do think that's partly on Shanahan. I do think it's something that, like, I always remember Mike Tirico telling me this when I was in school. Yeah, I just dropped Tirico's name. What are you going to do about it? Um, But, like, Tirico would talk about when he prepares for a game broadcast that he always has the team's overtime records because while the chances that he has to use that information are slim, he would rather have it than have to go look it up in a commercial break between the end of regulation and overtime. And potentially, if there's, like a really significant statistical difference. Like he wants to give the viewer that information. And so if Mike Tirico can be prepared for overtime to call the game, I do think (laughs) there is something to making sure that your team knows the rules. Even if you do it at the start of the playoffs saying like, Hey guys, just a reminder rules change. And I would almost guarantee you that Kyle does this next year. Hey guys, remember rules change. It's not sudden death in the way it is in the regular season where it's, you know, touchdown and it's over. Each team's getting a possession no matter what. You know, here's how we're going to attack this. And that creates a confidence and a comfort that clearly the Chiefs had. And I do think that's a coaching mistake on Kyle's part, although not a big one. Um, Because the other part of this is you have to put some of this on the players. Like, these have been the rules for three, four years now. That hasn't come up. No one's had to use them. Mm-hmm. But it these are the rules. It's your job to know the rules as a player. And especially if you're a veteran, not to pick on Juszczyk or Armstead, who I both I like a lot and I think are very smart and are good, but, like, you know, if we're going to trash Donovan McNabb for not knowing that a game could end in a tie, like, how do you not say, like, hey, guys, this is kind of on you to know. And also, you know, it's more important that the coach is ready than the fullback is ready. It doesn't change how they play. It does change how Kyle coaches. But I do think there is something to the clarity in decision-making and the the confidence in the plan when everybody's on the same page and there are no surprises. So I hear all of it. It's a mistake for sure by Kyle to not have his team 100% ready. Um, but it's... Are you deferring or are you receiving, though? If you win the coin toss... I want the ball second. Okay, so you're going I to still come down on I'd rather know what I have, and this is going to be a two-possession game no matter what. There is no third. Yeah. Like we are like I guess if we're if we have a 48 yard field goal and it's fourth and 12 because we took a dumb sack on third and whatever, then I guess we could get to a third possession. 
but I am going for like if it's touchdown touchdown, I'm going for two. Yeah. So I'm being super aggressive and I'm trying to make it a two possession game no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I in that case I want the ball second because obviously if they don't score or they get a field goal, my team knows what I need. So just saying, man. Huge play. Cause the Chiefs, they had to go for fourth and one on like their own twenty they did twenty nine or thirty, whatever it was. And if they had had the ball first, I think, you know, Kansas City probably would have gone on to win the game, kick a field goal. But yeah, maybe they punted there. So it's it it definitely and that's the thing is like then there's the the discussion, like I know Orlovsky said this this morning on Get Up, like He was defending Purdy, oh my gosh. Well, he was, but to me, and I don't think Purdy was that bad. Um, he had a couple of misses, but like misses yeah. happen in games, and there was great pressure and a great job by, uh, by San Francisco or by Kansas City defensively. But he was saying like, if you're Kyle and you're going to go for it early, you have to, or you're going to get the ball first. Like you have to treat it like it. You need a touchdown. Yeah, and I don't know about that because. I like imagine if they go for it on fourth down at the nine yard line, it's fourth and four, they don't get it. Kansas City goes down and kicks a field goal when Butker's hitting from 70 in warmups. <laughs> like everyone's going to crush him. Yeah. So he kicks the field goal and then, you know, your defense needs to get a stop and they don't because Mahomes is Mahomes and he is inevitable. All right. Uh, there are some bigger gripes, I think, that are more significant for Kyle Shanahan. We'll get into that next on the Hoffman Show. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Man, watching uh, the final couple minutes of Super Bowl 58 back here as the replay is going on NFL Network right now. Um, so funny to see Anthony. Like, 16 seconds left uh, when Kelsey has that huge, huge crossing route, running mm. catch where you're going, oh my God, if he walk-off touchdowns this thing. What, like, if Beyonce didn't break the internet, <laughs> Travis is about to. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the we talk about the clutchness of Mahomes, the clutchness of Kelsey, man. I mean, think about some of the plays he's made this year in big spots. Think about that Buffalo game in the regular season where he finds Kadarius Tony on the throwback and it's only, like, called back because of the offsides thing, like that play last night. Uh-huh. He's got a couple other huge catches. And right before the snap... Romo's drawn something completely different. And Reed's just like, nope, Travis is not going out. Travis is going in. Uh, and then, and then, sure enough, uh, they wind up kicking the game-tying field goal because they run out of time. But with 10 seconds left, they try the, the back shoulder to Kelsey. It doesn't work. Um, I mean, Fred Warner's just ridiculous. Um, but ultimately, the Chiefs do win it in overtime. And I think a huge part of this game that I know you wanted to talk about more was the start of the second half. Yes. Big, big lull offensively for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, what did you not like about what Kyle Shanahan did there? Uh, so, in the first half, they ran the ball even when Kansas City knew they were going to run the ball. And they had success. They got down on the first drive. You know, McCaffrey ended up fumbling, but they were moving the ball repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. And then to start the second half, I just think, Kyle Shanahan sort of kind of outsmarted himself um, and, like, sort of kind of was just thinking too much. They went and ran, like, six straight pass plays on, like, the first two drives, and it's just like, dude, I, I, 
you got to go with what got you here. Running the ball, leaning on Christian McCaffrey. And even if you didn't want to lean on Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell would run the ball pretty well. So I just think uh, if you if you thought the workload was too much for McCaffrey, then just go with Elijah Mitchell but, Mitchell, but continue to run the ball because I just feel like Purdy – I'm not going to say Purdy, you know, mysteries, but I think uh, Spagnuolo just did a good job of telling his guys to watch out for the play action and – it sort of kind of felt like Shanahan just played right into his hand. So I agree with you in theory, but I think sometimes the game's a little bit more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. And this is where I struggle because they had run a lot on first down in the first half and Kyle is trying to break that tendency. So they come out in the second half. They get the interception actually to start the, 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 or sorry, no, this was, yeah, yeah, this was to start the second half. So they get the interception uh, on the first drive, three plays, minus two yards, pick by Kansas City. So then they they come out, they're in plus territory, and they have an incompletion, a penalty. So now you're at second and 15. Which hurt. And they understandably throw the ball. They try to get a quick one to Debo, incomplete, third and 15. Well, now you're screwed, and now you punt. So you go three and out. Next drive, uh, they get the ball on their own 36, and that was, I think, the wacky, like, Jawan Jennings winds up losing eight yards because he gets knocked back play, if I'm remembering correctly, or is, whatever it happens, Jawan Jennings minus eight. So now you've gone second and 15 to second and 18 because you've decided to pass on first down. And passing on first down is smart because what happens on first down is you get base looks because teams are respecting the run, and if you can get some good play action or even just drop back, like you don't see some of the exotic stuff you see on third down because teams aren't worried about filling gaps for the run. So it's harder to pass against those looks. So first down can often be an optimal time to pass. They try it, minus eight, yikes. Now you're in second and 18. They, They throw a screen to McCaffrey, get seven yards out of it, but now you're in third and 11. They try a deep play. To Kittle, Samuel's hurt on the play. Now you go three and out again. Third series, they actually start with a run to McCaffrey. It goes nowhere. Now you're in second and 10 again. Incomplete to Ayuk. Incomplete to Samuel. You punt. That's three straight three and outs. You've only run the football one time. But you've had a third and 15, a third and 11, and a third and 10. Like, you're just behind, and you're second and 18, or second and 15, second and 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, and then second and 10 after a run. When's he supposed to run it? And I think that's the hard part is, like, the the aggregate suggests, like, yeah, I'm one of those other two first downs, like, let's run the football. But it's it, I don't mind the tendency break. And then down and distance-wise, it says you should throw it. And they just... They didn't execute well, in part because Kansas City's defense is outrageously good. Yeah, I feel like San Fran all yesterday had, on the offensive side of the ball, had definitely some self-inflicted wounds. Uh, you talk about a couple of penalties on, on Trent Williams, the muff, uh, the the fumble on on the punt. Yeah, that's killer. it. Wasn't a fumble; it was more so like it hit a, a play boot. already. Yeah. Uh, so like they definitely uh, hurt themselves and got behind on the sticks and. I think even when you look at the 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 down to the third and down, I mean the third and distance. I guess it was like third and twelve. Third and down. long, yeah, yeah, third and long. Um, that's because of you know getting behind the mistakes and 
having to, uh, you know, dig your way out of those long, uh, those long, the third and long um, situations. So, yeah, I mean, it's that's tough. It's it's really tough. And people, I think, want an excuse to crush Kyle. And I get it. Um, I think some of the pettiness that happens in Washington is ridiculous. Like, if you're still mad about Kyle, <laughs> um, you know, giving a game ball to his dad after he beats Washington. Like, you just don't understand how badly he was treated here and how insane the Bruce Allen stuff and the Dan Snyder stuff was. They hate Dan Snyder. And guess what? If I was them, I would too. And if you're a fan and you're taking the Snyder side of it because at the time he was representing your team, then, like, look yourself in the mirror and ask what you're really doing. You're taking Dan Snyder's side over the Shanahan's. And I'm not saying Mike and Kyle were perfect in how they everything went down here with RG and... Um, RG certainly has his place and Dan has his place, but like at the end of the day, you're kind of, you're, you're pretty much siding with Daniel Snyder. So like, if that makes you feel good when you sleep at night, cool. Um, but overall, like I, people want to crush Kyle because he gets a lot of praise and because he's really good. And then he hasn't won anything yet. And the reality is he has won a lot. He's won multiple NFC titles He's won a ton of divisions. He's done more winning than anybody not named the Chiefs basically in the last six years, and he has won more than anybody in the NFC. But when it doesn't result in Super Bowls, people want to say you're a fraud or you're actually not that good or overrated. And the reality is he's not. He's just – he's a coach. Mahomes is a quarterback. The quarterback has more control than the coach. And, like, what are you going to do? You're Pat Riley coaching the Knicks in the Heat in the 90s. You're just running into into Michael Jordan all the time. Yeah. Is Pat Riley awesome? Yeah. And maybe eventually, you know, he gets his titles in the same way that Riley did uh, with the Heat. And, you know, as an executive or as a coach or whatever version. I mean, Kyle's still young, relatively speaking. Kyle could be the coach of the 49ers for the next 25 years. And he would still be younger than I think Belichick is when he retired crazy but it's true um so end of the day like Kyle's great he wasn't perfect yesterday there's definitely decisions he wishes he should have had back um but that's football sometimes and uh football the last six years has meant you run into Patrick Mahomes and chances are you're gonna lose and that's the story of Super Bowl 58 above all else the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app and streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. We go down to Dallas. Dave Johnson joins us live on a Wizards game day next. It's the Hoffman Show. Final half hour here on the Team 980. Of course, your home for Wizards basketball. And it is time on a Wizards game day to bring in Dave Johnson. Time to get the radio party started. Oh, boy, did he stuff him. Left wing pool, it's wow. there. Oh, that's a pool party. Yeah, the basket slam right there. Oh, dear, the steal, the oh, slam. You go off. Intercepted by Kispert. Kispert now, foul line. Oh, slam. Ooh, that'll dry your preserves. It's time for Dave Johnson on a Wizards game day. Kuzma for three. Oh, it's there. It's there. Big, big shot. On the Hoffman Show. Dave with us from Dallas, my former home. Dave, I think I have watched more NBA basketball games in American Airlines Arena 
than anywhere, certainly than anywhere but Capital One, and it might even be close. I went to a lot of Mavs games because you're. Have you been out uh, in in Victory Plaza there, the the center area outside of American Airlines uh, Center down there? I have, I have, right? so, because this is not my to use Texas terms, my first rodeo yes. in American Airlines Center. But but I did not know, and let's say all these uh, years together, I, I did not know this was your former home, and that. Uh, it has yes. such an emotional connection. Yeah, uh, so if you're you. if you're standing in in the that Victory Plaza facing the AAC, and that office building to the left uh, houses the Cumulus family of radio stations, which includes <laughs> uh, ESPN 103.3, which is my former uh-huh. employer. So I've spent wow. uh, many many a days where I finished up work and walked over and saw Dirk Nowitzki take uh, take shots off one leg back in the day. Uh, yeah, and, and, you would not and see nobody that could defend. No, no, we're not going to see that tonight, and no one can defend those shots. But I don't know if you've uh, uh, found this, and I get it. It's American Airlines uh, Center, but sometimes you just want things simplified. I just got into an elevator here, and I just wanted, like, the floor numbers. I, I know it's a crazy concept. When you get in an elevator, you want the floor numbers. Yeah. But, of course, they didn't do that. It, it was the Admiral level, the Platinum level. The, oh, boy. And you're, you're like, I get it. You're, you're using uh, American Airlines terms because that's part of your sponsorship. But, you know, somebody just told me to go to the, the second floor. I don't know whether that's the Admiral level or the Platinum. I mean, it just, uh, anyway, it tells you can tell I'm not going to have a very good broadcast. But I still invite people to tune in, even though I, I've been frozen by the, the elevator uh, uh, numbering, which is not numbering, it's lettering. Well, I'm going to say it's probably the second or third one. Although, you, if there is a floor level, does that count as like floor zero or minus one? Anyway. Well, and see, that's just it. That's just it. And it's just, uh, yeah. and, you know, it, the, uh, I, with, I know American Airlines is a great airline, but that's, uh, you know, that's not my, uh, what did hip kids say? That's not my jam. That's not typically it's what not your airline I of choice. fly on. Yeah. Right. It, well, it just, you know, it, it, it so I don't uh, I don't know their terms like Admiral and so I uh, am an American Admiral. Airlines frequent flyer and I would have to hear the the list of options because I can tell you uh, that it is it is you know they they typically just have like silver gold platinum platinum Correct. executive Correct. Uh, Correct. and I am I am so close to platinum Dave. Uh, that is something wow. that uh, potentially even by the time I get home uh, was Travis going to, giving that speech to on the see my in-laws to you uh, uh, weekend, I'm hoping that those flights are the thing and the credit card spending. You took a good hit right there, but that's how you guys communicate sometimes. That that puts me in line. That is not at all what anybody is tuning in for, but I thought you No, this will be the last part of it. Now I feel like the broadcast will be better because, for the record, I'm on the platinum level tonight. Oh, there we go. Which is in sync with you. Yeah. All right. Well, next time that you're in Dallas, perhaps I'll be allowed to join because I will also be on the Platinum level. That was American <laughs> Airlines joke, and that is the end of our American <laughs> Airlines joke. Uh, yeah. So, Dave, let, we haven't talked to you since the trade deadline, and I'm curious how uh, how surprised you are that this roster is still as intact as it is. Daniel Gafford, the only trade that the Wizards... Uh, wind up making I, I think a lot of us were bracing to have to say goodbye to Tyus Jones and have to say goodbye to potentially Kyle Kuzma even and, and, and some other players some of which seemed like like in Tyus's case seemed like a no-brainer because he's an expiring contract but uh, ultimately the Wizards decide retaining his bird rights and potentially signing him or, or signing him again this offseason and whether that's to be a part of the long term or to trade in the future was more valuable how surprised are you that this roster uh, goes outside of Gafford unchanged? Well, and I think it just goes to uh, something Will Dawkins said to me last week. You know, he's been through this before. You don't cheat the process. That means uh, you don't just sell because you're a seller. 
and, and we are a seller. There's no question about it. And other teams know that. But that doesn't mean you get taken advantage of. So in the end, uh, what they valued was the fact that uh, Daniel Gafford improved to the, the level. Uh, yes, that you know, could you see him as part of the Wizards' future? And he was young and developing and certainly become a fan favorite. Uh, but he also uh, became valuable enough to someone else, in this case, my opponent, Dallas, for them to part with a first-round draft pick. And if you look at the you know, landscape on, on trade deadline day, uh, you know, the, the picks were not flying around, certainly not first-round uh, draft picks. And, and uh, you just basically addressed the, the second part with the Tyus Jones, that, that, that while he, it's an expiring contract, there's, the Wizards have some control in that uh, because of the bird rights. And so, uh, you know, do they decide, uh, look, as we're going forward, um, we, you know, we think Tyus Jones is still young, and 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 he's he can help us uh, go forward and be a, be a part of our future because there is something to be said for as you're trying to develop a culture, or develop a team for a point guard that uh, it's just crazy, just doesn't turn it over. And you can you can you know go ahead the basketball reference or whatever you want to do, go down the game logs, and and he has some crazy numbers where you know I told you in the month of January, for example, he had 15 turnovers in in 15 games. And the only reason to reach that high number, if you will, of 15 was because he had three uh, in the final game of January. So, I mean, you know, it's, that's just crazy when you're, you're dishing on nine, ten assists a game and, and you're not, not turning the, the ball over. So the message was, okay, yeah, Tyus Jones will attract attention, but we're not going to give him away. We're, we're, yes, we're a seller, but that doesn't mean we're going to be taken advantage of. And so, you know, if somebody had come to the table with something – uh, you know, i.e., first round draft picks or something, or a first round draft pick, maybe it'd be a different consideration. But the they're just not going like to give. Like, um, let's say you because they, they don't view this as, okay, we have to be better like by next year. Like, okay, man, uh, because that's, that's not going to happen. You don't, again, Will Dawkins has been yeah, clear that you don't shoot the prospects. So, I don't know if I was surprised, you know, as few moves, because let's face it, you know, for. A month, well, that's all we heard. Half the team was going to be traded, or, or speculation, certainly. Gafford, too. I feel really you know, bad Tyus for you. Jones headed the, the speculation in the end. Only one was traded. And, and so, oh, okay, I think it's no, 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 We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. There was a TikTok video of this girl. She was in her car, and she was like, you know, my boyfriend got a romantic bond with his body. No, you got to find it. Last minute or Dave joining us from Dallas Wizards and Mavs tonight. 8.30 tip-off here in D.C., right, Dave? 15 pregame, it's on the yes. half hour and tonight. Uh, so 8 30, is the pregame. He's going to go back. Uh, now, I, I do think that there will the probably be like some differences, though, after the All Star break, maybe even starting tonight now that we we're post trade unlim- deadline. Obviously, uh, it was a quick turnaround to the games over the weekend. But do you think, in talking with Will Dawkins and talking with Brian Keefe, that now we could see perhaps Bilal Kulabali taking some extra possessions as a primary ball handler or some more change in the rotation now that the trade value of some of these players that are staying are are is no longer a concern in the short term. And that kind of the, the season of experimentation uh, or, or whatever the, the phrasing was that Will Dawkins used uh, after Wes Unsell was let go can really begin in earnest. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a fair point. I mean, in other words, you're now uh, basically the only shop window is internal. It's not like before the trade deadline where, where maybe you're trying to uh, you know show a player to other teams and, and and all teams do that. 
um, you know, specific to Bilal Kulavali, you, you just <laughs> again, I've never seen a rookie get the kind of uh, experience he's, he is getting. And, and I, I say that in terms of, no, people say, well, wait a minute, he's not starting. How can you say that? But if you really go inside the games and the defensive assignments he has put on and the caliber of players, um, I, I don't know if I've ever seen that uh, from a rookie. Uh, sometimes you'll, you'll try to, to, to hide the rookie uh, from those uh, kind of matchups because, because that'll you know, hurt his confidence. But that's not been the case with Bilal Kulabali. But I, I think, yeah, we are going to see different combinations. We've already seen, um, and this is a minor uh, change, but um, you know, Eugene Omaruyi has been coming off the bench earlier. Now, having said that, that's, that, that's probably what that, maybe that'll change because you know, Marvin Bagley is, is now healthy again and, and Rashawn Holmes is healthy uh, or is available and, and could see some time tonight. Uh, acquired, of course, in the Daniel Gafford deal. But I, I, no, I, 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 to your point, I, I think um, you know if they want to, they do want to have a a, uh, a chance to have a full evaluation of the roster over the next uh, you know thirty games, I guess, basically is left, and and, and that's going to go quick. And so, yeah, I, I think you know all possibilities are, are on the table for various various combinations and depending on the opponent as well for sure uh here's a stat for you that you don't have to look up i'm just going to give this one to you because someone was complaining uh to me on twitter the other day about bilal's minutes since brian keith took over he's third on the team in minutes so he's not right. starting no, it, but he is right. playing well and it, again uh, i think we sometimes we get too much caught up and you know he's in this uh, it doesn't matter it's it's uh, and again, that's, I don't even think that's necessarily a, a product necessary of Brian Keith, but the, the Wizards, because of the situation they're in this year, um, they could bring Bilal Kulabali on at, at the pace, uh, along at the pace they wanted. In other words, it, it's not a surprise to me that his minutes is increasing as, as the season goes on. This was not an occasion, the case where, okay, you wanted uh, Bilal Kulabali to make an impact in November. And by December, he's burned out in his rookie year's toast. So uh, again, I think it's it's a you take a long term look at things, um, and I think you're going to see his his minutes increase. But it's not um, uh, again they've got a plan in place, and just as we started this conversation, uh, they're not going to deviate from whatever their plan is. When I say we know generally what it is, but they've got it drilled down more specifically and how they treat each individual player, especially Bilal Kulabali. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, we'll see what Jordan Poole's minutes look like, if he and Tyus can you start, so many options uh, now as we move forward. Dave Johnson will be calling all of it uh, here on the radio. The Team 980 pregame starts at 8.15 tonight. Dave, uh, thanks, and enjoy the All-Star break, sir. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to the platinum level. I'm on my way there now. There we go, excellent. All right, that's Dave Johnson with us here on the Hoffman Show. Uh Anthony, let's blow out trending, come back. Uh, we have breaking Commander's coaching news. Nothing like cataclysmic, but another addition to the staff. We will give that to you next. You ran out of Usher? Uh, no, my computer over here is like bugging out. So, on the uh, fritz? Huh? Uh, it's on the fritz? Yes. Great. Uh, it's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Uh, tremendous show today. Uh, we will have another good one tomorrow. Uh, I think we'll catch up with Linnell. Uh, we will also, uh, 
this is happening tomorrow morning, we're going to sit down one-on-one with U.S. men's national soccer team coach Greg Berhalter. Uh, there's a big announcement coming from Monumental and uh, – or not Monumental, from the Harris Group, uh, as in the Commander's Ownership Group, and U.S. Soccer, big event coming. And there's a press conference tomorrow, and we have been told we're going to get about 10 minutes with Greg Berhalter. So one-on-one with the U.S. men's national team coach tomorrow. That's pretty freaking cool. Uh, that'll be on tomorrow's show on top of more Super Bowl reaction and obviously plenty of other stuff. Uh, coming up uh, in just a little bit, looks like we're, we're, we have the laid out today, huh, Anthony? Yes, sir. All right, I see that now in the playlist. Cool, cool, uh, which leaves us plenty of time for real things, which is actually good because we are running behind. But I promise you breaking Commander's coaching news And that news is former uh, defensive coordinator in the NFL and at the college level, uh, and most recently Seahawks linebackers coach Ken Norton Jr. is being added to the staff in D.C. Uh, So uh, now you got Joe Witt Jr. as defensive coordinator. Quinn is the head coach. Uh, Jason Simmons is the DB's coach. Still leaves the D-line coach. TBD, Quinn's got a big specialty there. He's a former D-line coach himself, so we'll see who he ultimately employs to carry out what he wants there. We know Ryan Kerrigan is sticking on in some capacity, uh, whether that be like a pass rush coach or whatever, we'll see. Uh, But you got uh, a good staff coming together on the defensive side. I will say the offensive side, we didn't do a lot with the Bobby Johnson hire today, but I want to try to get into that a little bit more tomorrow because hiring a guy who coached the last unit or the worst unit in the league the last couple of years certainly is worrisome. And like, I know Brian Johnson's a good hire, but like, there's a lot of, I had a lot of questions about this offensive staff and I like, like I like Kingsbury as an OC. I like Johnson being there. I don't mind Tavita staying. It's just a bunch of dudes that haven't worked together before. And so how does that go? That to me is the big question. We will dive more into that in detail tomorrow. Uh, right now though. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's the day after the Super Bowl. You know we'll have some good sound. And by the way, before we uh, hit real things, uh, anything else, Anthony, uh, for for tomorrow that's already on the docket? Uh, you said now we're going to do Take Command? Oh, yeah. Uh, some thoughts from Take Command, definitely. We recorded a new episode uh, today. So that if you want more football talk, more Super Bowl breakdown, and some more coaching staff, Thoughts, uh, that is available now. I do believe that William has put it out. Um, so that's that's something that is available to you. And I'm not sure if you wanted to reschedule Phillips. Oh, he's out all week on oh, vacation. Okay. There it is. So no dice on that. Uh, also, I was going to try to pull up something extra off my Instagram page for, uh, for real things. It says I can't find my page right now. That's annoying, Anthony. Have I been kicked off Instagram during the show? Uh, might be blocked now. Oh, well, that's a shame. I'm joking. Okay, well, I'll figure that out later. Uh, but we have plenty of other things, and not including what's on my Instagram page that I wanted. Uh, and that is where we go now. Real things. We're not going to be f- sunk this year. Real people. Five and 11. Not very good. Set into real microphones. You know, the culture is actually damn good. <laughs> Okie dokie. I just tried it on a different browser. They really don't want me to play this Kevin Harlan sound from uh, the show last week. It's going to, for, for folks that missed that interview, I'll just, I'll say, you can go to my Instagram page at Craig underscore Hoffman. And if you want the origin story of real things, uh, 
condensed down to a nice little bite. Uh, we did finally get to tell Kevin Harlan about real things, and uh, he had a lot of fun with it. So uh, that's a great interview. You can check the full thing on our YouTube page uh, and a highlight on my Instagram page. But, but, uh, how about this from Andy Reid last night? Talking about uh, something that we didn't really talk about at all today, because I actually don't think it's that big of a deal, but when uh, Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid had that little run-in on the sideline, Andy, not not much to make of it. Was Travis giving that speech on the sideline when he ran into you in oh, the first yeah. half? <laughs> he keeps me young. Yeah. <laughs> you took a good hit right there, but, but that's how you guys communicate sometimes. Well, he caught me off balance. So normally I'd give him a little bit, but you know, <laughs> I didn't have any feet under me. Did you see Anthony, uh, Andy Reid tackle Chris Jones and then kind of be stuck because he's in his 60s and couldn't get up very fast? He tackled Chris Jones. I mean, he didn't tackle Chris Jones, but he like was, he like, Chris Jones was like laying down. Andy Reid like got on top of him and was like, ah, <laughs> as people do. And then he realized that like getting up is it's hard. Yeah. I, I, I haven't seen that, but I need to go check that out. Yeah, you should definitely check that out. Funny. As for what happened uh, between Kelsey and Reid from Travis's side of things. When you and Andy Reid had that, what I call a very engaging conversation. Oh, y'all got saw you guys saw that. What was the conversation well, about? Know, was there it? There were a few cameras. I mean, was it? Hey, I need the ball. I can help us win. What was that about? Uh, man, it was. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep it between us unless my mic up tells the world. But uh, I was just telling him how much I love him. <laughs> Travis handles these things as well as anyone. Uh, I do hope that NFL Films comes through on the mic up though. Yeah. I'm going to assume that it will be a lot of expertise. Yeah. I mean, he apparently like the the best I got was that he, the thing I saw was like, he was basically like, put me in the freaking game and I'm going to score yeah. because on the play right before was the, the fumble yep. by Pacheco and the tight end who was in for Travis was the one who did not finish the block well enough that allowed Lenore to get through and poke the ball out and he's like how about this how about you just put me in and i'll score a touchdown yeah the backup tight ends in yesterday's game definitely uh didn't some have some not some penalties great, yeah yeah willis for san francisco gray for uh but also like gray and watson had some big catches yeah they did <laughs> like that that position group is uh is good beyond travis yeah. how about 10 targets nine catches 93 yards when he had one one and one at halftime Good gracious. That's a what bad man. a half. Uh, his ability to come through in the clutch, insane. Uh, to play us out today, Tua Tagovailoa and Darius Rucker at a Super Bowl party. We'll see you tomorrow on The Hoffman Show.